Happy 4th of July from Nerdy Bitches Podcast. In honor of the holiday, we're bringing you a director's cut of episode 69, our classic movie review of Independence Day from 2017. We will be back next week with a brand new episode. In the meantime, you can also catch me over on Cast Request for their fifth annual 4th of July fan fiction extravaganza. Now strap in, grab your power book, Alien Edition, and a stogie, and let's hit that music. watch this movie every single year on the 4th of July possibly multiple times because I think TNT plays it on a loop like a Christmas story oh, on I Christmas so. Mm-hmm. so they just play it all day long plus I have it on Blu-ray so I can watch anytime I want I thought we had it on digital file when I sat down last week to watch it so that I could write notes for mm-hmm. this show realizing that we didn't and I was like what the fuck happened there how did that travesty of justice occur so I had to go to the Blu-ray but uh, yeah, I just love this movie. It's, I, I do too. It's like, it's just everything you want. It's got nerds. It's got shoot 'em up. And mm-hmm. it's just big budget action. It's 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 yeah. patriotism. It's, you know, oh, yeah. world-tism, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Proud to be an earthling kind of a feeling to it. But it's not so overtly geekly, geeky that normal people wouldn't like it too. You yeah. know what I mean? And um, the, so uh, Roland Emmerich is one of the um, writers. Yeah, he's and, a writer and director. And he, um, oh, he directed. Oh, he directed it. Yeah, yeah. He's also a um, uh, Stargate guy. Yeah, he did Stargate. Um, so did the Dean Devlin, who wrote it with him, was the second writer. They, but he also did like Godzilla, The Day After Tomorrow, um, the new the Godzilla, Patriot. or the, yeah, the Matthew one. Broderick one. Oh, I don't know. I really like the new Godzilla. one, even though they only talked. They said Godzilla. Point is, only this one. guy is is into big budget epic movies. In fact, I think that they consider this um, a turning point in summer movie blockbusters. This yeah. movie was. So what I'm going to do for those of you crazy people who have not actually seen this movie or heard it sucked and decided not to watch it. I'm going to tell you that you should, and I'm going to read you a plot synopsis. So, on July 2nd, communication systems worldwide are sent into chaos by a strange atmospheric interference. It is soon learned by the military that a number of enormous objects are on a collision course with Earth. At first thought to be meteors, they are later revealed to be gigantic spacecraft piloted by a mysterious alien species. After attempts to communicate with the aliens go nowhere... David Levinson, an ex-scientist turned cable technician, discovers that the aliens are going to attack major points around the globe in less than a day. On July 3rd, the aliens all but obliterate New York, Los Angeles, and Washington, as well as Paris, London, Houston, and Moscow. The survivors set out in convoys towards Area 51, a strange government testing ground where it is rumored... The military what has the f- a captured alien spacecraft on of their own. That, sir, is reading between the lines because they did. I mean, we all know what Area 51 is, but he just mansplained Area 51 to us. Yeah. It, it, it was a that. chick. Then he, she female-splained. Uh, it's written by Gustav, so I'm going to go with a dude. Yeah. Uh, survivors devise a plan of attack or a plan to fight back against the enslaving aliens 
I no, don't no, think no. they, they do just want to enslave us. They just us. wanted to eat us. Uh, they don't want to eat us. They want to kill us and take our planet. Oh, yes, uh, right. Yeah, right. And July 4th becomes the day humanity will fight for its freedoms. July 4th is their Independence Day. Why does it say there and not our? <laughs> is it, what what planet is Gustav know. from? I don't know, but Gustav, uh, you kind of suck at summarizing movies. So that was kind of the lamest summary of a movie of all time. But you know what happens. Yeah, I think every everybody's seen Independence Day. And if you haven't, please go watch it. It's now, so we're fun. not talking Resurgence. We're talking Independence no, no. 1996. Day. 1996. This is, I'm thinking, the pinnacle of Jeff Goldblum's career right here. Yeah. This don't, I don't want to think about it. And this in Jurassic Park, like that was right in She's his She's only wheelhouse. saying that because in this episode he has abs. They are in this movie. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't know about the abs because we don't see him shirtless, but he's got some pecs that yeah. won't quit. And he is tall. Honest and to God. Lanky. Like oh. in, in your wildest dreams without <laughs> seeing this movie, maybe think two or three years before this movie. If you think, Hey, Jeff Goldblum is <laughs> going to be from the fly. The dude from the fly is going to be wearing a wife beater with Will Smith and they look equally good. Yeah. You'd you go, would go, what happened to Will Smith? Fucking mind. Like, right. <laughs> Did they put Will Smith in the fly machine too? <laughs> what happened? But no, I mean, this is, you know, there's, there is something for everybody in this movie. So if you like big action, that's great. If you like strippers, they got one of those. Oh, yeah. If you like hot guys, dude, Harry Connick Jr., Will Smith, and uh, Jeff, Jeff Goldblum, Goldblum is looking Jeff. amazing. I mean, Adam Baldwin's you know, even in it, and he's hot, but we hate him. So yeah. he's a wash. You but. know that Jeff Goldblum didn't eat a carb for like no. eight years before this movie. Like yeah. he was he prepping. Didn't, he didn't look that good in Jurassic Park. Yeah, no, that. and that oh, was like that's exactly two, right. that was like a year earlier. I think somebody was like, "Look, you can be an action hero. You just have to, you know, cut out the carbs." And he's like, "All right, you know." <laughs> All right. And and men are like, like that. Cr- They're like, it's like Chris Pratt who yeah, gets goes from Parks and Rec to Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy, drops sixty pounds. He's like, "I just stopped drinking beer. Oh, yeah. no, it took like a month." That's, is yeah. that is that hard? Yeah. You're like, <laughs> Fuck you, and I know, man, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love. Oh, by the way, since we're not covering it, remember how I was like, "Hello, Chris Pratt with um, Sex on a Stick." Yeah. yeah. Okay. Play. I finally get after seeing Kong, the Hiddleston girls. I finally get it. I like Tom Hiddleston because I think he's funny, and I think he is. Adorable. Oh yeah, I love. It. And and but he is. A, I don't understand pro- the the. Like, I I did not either. I, I haven't seen Kong yet, so. Oh, yeah. It has Chris Pratt, Jurassic World-esqueness all over to it. And I'm like, hello, sailor. I'm a fan I, of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, I, Tom Hiddleston is incredibly respectful of women. Mm. And you can see it, in, like, in his public appearances mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, I, I he's, like. He's up there with me with uh, Mark Ruffalo, Ruffalo mm-hmm. who I adore and is just like. Uh, so cute but also like just looks like the nicest guy in the world it's like married to a regular lady and has like regular kids and he's just super nice and he's out to save the world and he's mm-hmm. also incredibly lovely to look at yeah so all around well yeah it's, it's he's like it's like um Hugh Jackman, yeah. same way. Mm-hmm. Married to like the Beautiful. love of his life for 21 years. I just saw it on Instagram. Yeah. 
kids. Like, there's just a, just a, not a Hollywood jerk. You know, yeah. I like that. He's, he's, he's funny. The, like, he's yeah. the anti Adam Baldwin. He is the anti Adam Baldwin. You know what? If you could be a cool guy, you might be someone as awesome as that. But when you're not, you're, you're Adam Baldwin. Yeah. yeah. So okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start by talking through some of these notes that I was writing oh, yeah. mm-hmm. as I was as we I was watching this movie, which I normally don't do, but I thought. What the hell? Yeah. I've seen it a hundred thousand times. Let me look at it with a more critical eye. It's pretty critical. <laughs> I I know this because I've experienced because this before. We, we have a sense of deja vu right now <laughs> as to where we've probably done this in the past. Yeah. I love that this movie opens with a big ass spaceship. That is the first thing that you see mm-hmm. is this big ass spaceship eclipsing the moon and a satellite from our atmosphere crashes into it, which I, by the way, it would not have been that close to do so. Yeah. It'd have to be really but close. I just, I, I wrote down in parentheses, not subtle yeah. because with a lot of these movies that we've seen the invasion. So we've got Armageddon and where people don't believe it's, it's alien, happening. They don't believe it. We've got contact. We've got all these different things where shit's happening in space, but it takes at least a quarter of the movie to really fully understand that shit's happening in space. This one opens on the spaceship. Like yeah. it is there. And, and the idea of the magnitude of the spaceship is not really appreciated except for this shot. And, yeah. and now we see shit like that all the time. Yeah. But then but in 1996, you didn't see this. Yeah. It would have been again, just we have radio waves of this, you know, and you're like, look at this screen. Look at it bouncing. That means something. And we're like, OK, I'll <laughs> take it. I'll take your word I for know. it. Where's the know? bunker? I'm on my way. <laughs> So we cut from the scene of the big ass spaceship just sitting there looming over the earth menacingly to uh, a cut of R.E.M.'s uh, The End of the World as We Know It. By senior year song. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And the watcher guy who is playing with the potty golf game. Yeah. Because everyone in the world is asleep because it's three o'clock in the morning in the desert and this guy's paid to listen for nothing kind of thing. Yeah. And that's the thing. Okay, you just noticed your job is to stare yeah. into space. Okay, we're yeah. we're getting there. Oh, so my so then we have, of course, I have our jump, our grumpy old man slash government official trope that tends to sh- pop up in all of these different type of movies. Who's like this a bald better, and white guy? Yeah, yeah this uh-huh. better be. A, I don't think he's white. Uh, this better be a, a, a you know an a incredibly beautiful woman waking me up in the middle of the night. What? And then he bumps his head or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. So, you know, it's go in and oh, it must just be a mouth. Holy fuck, it's not. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So it knows Morse code. So that's handy. So, okay. <laughs> and I have to throw this out that this movie for the first 20 minutes literally just pops all over the world. Yeah. It just shows random little clippets of things that are yeah, of things happening. That, yeah. And so we get our political intrigue with the White House. And yes. Because this is actually, I think we're in the Pentagon is the next shot. And I'm so happy that the dad from the Wonder Years finally got work. It's really exciting. He's one of the generals or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't see him in anything else. Yeah. yeah. I think he dies. I'm pretty sure. Because I don't think we ever see him again. But. Uh, we might. He may be in the end in the bunker. I don't remember. But anyways, um, the president and first lady are never together in in this movie at all. Like she's across the country, which I think is just life. You mm-hmm. know, uh, she's across the world doing the stand up for your presidential husband bit that yeah. most first ladies have to do when somebody's yeah. bitching about him. There's a Bill O'Reilly shot where he's on TV bitching about this particular president. Um, okay, so then we know it's a Democrat. 
Continue. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so then we jump again, because now yeah. we've got to jump again. Now we've jumped to New York, this where is- we have the old men playing chess in the park. Oh, Lots of them. So oh, is but that's um, Jeff Goldblum's dad, well, right? It is. Judd Hirsch. Yeah, it's, it's actually Jeff Goldblum and his dad, Judd Hirsch, are playing checkers or chess in the park, as you do mm-hmm. in New York when it, there's sun out. I don't know. This is in every movie of New it's York. In I've every ever movie, seen. and you I've know, been to I've, New York. I've but been I've to never New York, and I've been guys. to Central Park, and I've never seen it. But I don't now, I think they were in Central Park, though. That's I think they're in Brooklyn somewhere. Oh. Well, that might be why I've never seen them, but I don't know. Because you could see across the... So we've popped over to them, and they're playing par- They're playing chess in the park. And, of course, the dad is bitching at the son about, why don't you get a life? Why don't you find somebody? Take off your wedding ring. You've been divorced for four years, blah, blah, blah. This and, was a very stereotypical, like, Jewish father. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very much so. And then... Uh, of course, he's like Mr. Eco-Friendly. So he's like, do you know how long it's going to take that styrofoam cup to dinner? So, d- and then, d- yeah, so there's Jeff Goldblum in IT breaking a breaking a stereotype. Like, yep. IT guys, I don't think of as, like, save the world type. I think they're like, hey, let's lay, lay down some more cable over here. <laughs> we need yeah. 75,000 more pounds of cable. You know what we need? Stuff that's made with polypropylene. Yes. That's what we need. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so, but anyway, so he rides a bike. He doesn't have a car. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's New York, so nobody has a car anyway. But he you know, rides a bike everywhere. He's got a beeper. He doesn't listen to. But he's also got a wife beater on, and it's off. Like he's, it's all you know. He's got his overshirt yeah. off around and his he's, waist. He's and surprisingly it's, tan. Surprisingly tan for a New York City Jewish person who runs a cable company. Yeah, inside with inside. no windows. There was not one there window. Was not one window. He had to go up on the roof. Yeah. of a skyscraper to see what was happening. Mm-hmm. So anyway, okay, and then we bump to David's office. Where we see fire, uh, Harvey Firestein playing my favorite character of Harvey Firestein, uh, who is just hilarious and over the top and raspy voiced in everything he's so ever done. Your favorite done. character of Harvey Firestein is Harvey Firestein. Pretty much, Me yeah. Too. Yeah. I mean, I just love him. He's adorable. But anyway, so he's there as the I guess office sidekick, yeah, whatever, mm-hmm. just running around after. I mean, him, like, he still has like out. he's considered a starring role in this, and he was in it for what four minutes. Because he steals the scene. He does. Okay, so then, of course, we got to pop over again because we can't stay in one place too long in this opening sequence of 20 minutes. Um, now we have sequence. gone to the drunken crop duster and his kids. Oh, yes. Played by R- Russell Crane. Randy, Randy, Gra- Randy Quaid playing Russell Case. <laughs> so Sorry. now we've, we've <laughs> popped again back to the White House. To, now we're in the Oval Office because shit's getting real. And we've updated to DEFCON 3. Uh, I think... I have seen there are more like acronyms in this movie in the first 20 minutes than I have seen in most military movies in my entire life. It's like, we don't really know what to say. So military, 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 we're just going to blah, blah, blah it and hope nobody notices. Yeah. Because I don't know what they mean. Maybe we need a military expert to analyze. Um, but I would like to know because at this point, now, now things have been happening for Let's say a couple hours because we got the, you know, kind of got the call in the middle of the night and the president's having breakfast. Now maybe it's lunchtime. So let's say we've got six, seven hours that we're hearing about this. And they're like, uh, they're going to be entering our atmosphere in the next 30 minutes. Now, I know a lot of times that there's going to be like a strawberry supermoon on my birthday six months from now. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And all of that is, is just you know, the reflection of the sun off of shit. So why do I know about that six months in advance, but I get 30 minutes head start 
on an alien invasion. It doesn't make any sense. Like it, even you know, the it, even it, the asteroid from uh, Armageddon gave us thirty days notice. Yeah, I mean that's just that's just polite. These guys are fuckers. Well, it's like, and they did not give any kind of indication that they could jump away faster than the speed of light mm-hmm. because you would, right, at towards yeah. the end. So these things have been on the way for a while, for and a while. and like we don't even see them coming. You know, and Neil deGrasse Tyson always said. You won't be able to hide an asteroid. The government won't be able to hide a planet-killing asteroid strike because people know how to look through their telescopes. And they have because they don't trust the government to tell them that they're going to do this because they got to go get in the bunker with the six-year supply of and food and And you find tampons. out from the cable repair guy. You do. The cable <laughs> guy always knows. He knows. So, um, yeah, we we don't know what it is at this point, but they send a an AWAC or whatever it's called up to go check it out. And it hasn't even come out of the... But it's like a super cloudy day, right? Like, it's not... We can't see it, but we're just going to fly through this cloud with no instrumentation, apparently, uh, and just fly right into it. We just right into it and kill a whole plane full of people. It's like... It didn't seem... That's a terrible it idea. Se- it didn't seem like a good idea. It's a terrible idea. I mean, I, so I think... So, this was... Yeah. And we've learned this. This is the days before Wi-Fi, which, to me... <laughs> Heather keeps asking me in the last episode. Like, Why the, what, just the Wi-Fi. Just like, Wi-Fi. We, we didn't just have a, Wi-Fi just, in 1996. Just send them a Bluetooth. I don't know. <laughs> There's no Wi-Fi in 1996. It's crazy. Isn't it crazy to all y'all that there was no Wi-Fi in 1996? I had a cell phone that was a flip phone but it was roughly the size of half a brick i did not have and a cell it phone. set my ear on fire every time i would be on it for more than three minutes at a time yeah this is the technology we were doing it also had a pull-up wire remember mm-hmm, you had to pull mm-hmm. up the antenna so someone could actually hear you yeah this this is not you know land okay kids today you have no idea we're so the old. struggles <laughs> i did not even have a cell phone back then because it was cost like four dollars a minute okay i and you're like cost four dollars and minute. you're like oh four dollars a minute that's not that's not very Until long you it's get the thousand dollar phone bill yeah. well we had uh we had gotten ours my okay now when i was in high school so probably 93 94 my dad the big spender had gotten a car phone now, this is not from, like, twins. Remember, he's got a car phone and twins. It's actually, like, bolted into the car. It's not that. This was, like, a purse that had a phone in it. It had a little zipper pouch, and you had to plug it into the cigarette lighter. And I remember, because when I went on one of my college road trips, this was the phone I had to use yeah. to communicate with my parents. Because back in the day, we also had to pay kids for long-distance phone calls. Crazy. And you that, know what you still do on landlines? Do you? Yeah. Oh, fucking weird, know. huh? I don't I haven't had a landline in like yeah. 10 years. Yeah. But it's just one of those like like okay, and and to call home, to just let my parents know that I had gotten to my destination at this college I was visiting was like dial the phone and it was almost like trying to beat the beat the operator back when you used to and so you used to have to make collect phone calls when you couldn't afford the phone call you needed to make from the payphone you were at. So it was, but it was similar concept because you wanted to be on the phone for a minute or less. Like yeah. it was just, it, there was no Wi-Fi. That is my. <laughs> I I find I am I'm just I'm like, why don't we just upload the virus from here? So, based yeah. on what? So that's that's <laughs> what's what's so disturbing is not that part actually mm-hmm. of the whole movie. 
the whole point of the movie is we had to hardwire in yeah. to the spaceship. Yeah. Um, Gotta spo- be on the spoilers, people. Yeah. And I'm thinking, it's not that we didn't have Wi-Fi. It's we couldn't, we didn't have the capacity to understand that maybe an alien species that's so far advanced in us might have Wi-Fi. I bet they had Wi-Fi. We just didn't know what Wi-Fi was yet. I know, but we didn't even like acknowledge that there could be the possibility they transmit through anything other than their brain. Well, but again, they were using our, okay, we're getting, we're getting ahead. They were using our satellites against us Mm -hmm. to coordinate their attack. So therefore anything we did by satellite, they would know and we couldn't do a sneak attack. This was the, but anyways, we're, we've gotten way ahead of ourselves because yeah. now we're back to the Oval Office again. The president now realizing it's not a weather phenomenon mm-hmm. and that it it might be dangerous. But you know what? We don't want to scare people into trying to do what people do. Understood. Scatter like cockroaches. Uh, he goes and does a, a little press conference that advises people to stay in their homes and stay calm. And he wasn't going anywhere. Yep. Now they've they've now since taken the vice president and all the joint chiefs and all the important people away because the president is not leaving. And again, they're not supposed to be in the same place at the same time. We need to have a working government, whatever that is. Um, it was 96. We had one then, theoretically. Ish. Ish. So... Now we've we're done with that because this seems like a of course it's panic in the streets yeah, is what yeah, they shoot yeah. to next is just pandemonium, you know. And and this is the point in which Jeff Goldblum has already figured out oh, what's no, going on. We're not there yet. No. He's still at the cable company. Well, I know, but he figured it out the, there. He's watching the signal there because this is where they bump back to, and he's he's realizing that whatever this signal that they're using is recycling itself and it's cycling. And it's going to go away. But what he realizes once they kind of see what they're dealing with is that this is, in fact, a calculated worldwide countdown mm-hmm. to what's going to happen and go big boom. Yeah. Um, I I love that he can figure this out. And yet we still don't get satellite or cable when it rains. Yeah. Well, he doesn't work for a conglomerate. <laughs> this is just big New York cable company. I know. Everyone else can it's, suck Nobody it. else has Wi-Fi, but he's See? downloading this shit from the satellite in the car. <laughs> uh, yeah, so nobody has Wi-Fi, but this guy has a... Uh, he has got an aerial antenna, much like a CB radio, that he can slap on the, the top of a that car. That used to be how you did satellite radio. Remember you had that big thing, magnet, and you yeah. stuck it on the top of your car? Most cars still have a small version of that if they've got satellite radio. If you I look have, on the back, I, I have satellite radio. Well, I, but I, your car's tall. You don't really. I don't. Look I don't. At the top I don't pay car. any money towards it. Yeah, so, so I. I have one on my car, but I do not. Apparently, pay I have for the capacity to satellite radio, but I am like three months behind on my podcast. So yeah, useless. And hence why they didn't have Wi-Fi in 1986. We probably had the capacity, but everyone else was behind on, you know, murder Think of all the podcasting we missed out on. Yeah. It was called radio back then. <laughs> radio. That's hilarious. That's so funny. That's so funny. So retro. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like, you had to get a job. You had to, like, do this. You couldn't just pull out a couple of microphones and shoot it out on the interwebs like we do. I mean, please. You had to get somebody to hire you to speak into the radio. <laughs> no, this way we now just we get to pay get people to hire us not. Yeah, now we just pay money in order to do it. Exactly. <laughs> Screw you. Um, anyway, so yeah, drunk guy. Okay, so apparently 
Russell Case, played by our infamous Randy Quaid here, uh, it, it comes out that not only is he drunk, but the reason he's probably drunk is because 10 years prior, he was kidnapped by aliens and they experimented on him sexually. This is yeah. what the bullies in the bar are saying. Yeah. Now, two seconds after this, the, the TV flips itself on, which, you know, creepy enough poltergeist kind of shit happening because the TVs just kept flipping themselves on um, as they do when aliens invade. So so then you see because there aliens are have Wi-Fi ships. <laughs> okay. There are UFOs in the sky, which, by the way, we are identifying them at this point. So I think we can just call them something else. Um, they have their call signs up. But here's what I like. So they arrest him, right? They arrest Russell Case because he's drunk and he's like screaming in the street about how the aliens are here. And people are still looking at him like he's crazy, even though there's a giant fucking spaceship above their town. Yeah, this is your priority, people. Really? Like, this actually validates what he's try been saying yeah. all this time. But they still, like, every single person throughout this movie still looks at him like he's crazy. And I'm telling you right now, this is why Jesus is not coming back. Because he did come back in 1978 and has been happily in Bellevue and medicated since then. Because we wouldn't believe it. We would still, even with overwhelming evidence in your face, we still have people who just deny all sorts of things that have yep. been scientifically or visually or whatever. They've been proven. Eh, fuck it, you. It shows how it. hard it is to break through these initial labels. It, really it also is. is pretty hard to do it if you continue to act like a nutbag, well, even you, when you're proven right. Yeah, maybe yeah. you should stop being a total fucking drunk. But, yep. you know, again... Yeah, well, who am I to judge? Uh, so, again, uh, then there's the, we jump straight to California because, you know, time change, time difference. Yeah. Uh, so, California. And now, again, we're 30 minutes into the movie at this point, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Will Smith hasn't even woken up yet. Yeah. He's it was still, too early. <laughs> it's too early in California. They're just not on the clock yet. And then they have an earthquake or what they think is an earthquake. And then, ugh. It's not even a four point. Go back to sleep. I'm like, well, wadi da, California. And, and the rest of us are watching, going, we know what's happening. Get up. <laughs> Get up. Get up, Will like, Smith. And they're You've like, got things Fuck to you, do. Fault lines. I'm still tired. I'm going back to sleep. So we've got mass hysteria in the streets all over the place. And only the cable repairman can make it better. It, yeah. This is he is on he is on the move to change the world. And that is the problem with this whole movie and trying to really just summarize it is that it jumps all over the motherfucking place until they get to Area 51 because there are no other places to jump from. Yeah. <coughs> so they have this fictitious um, Air Force base like El Toro doesn't exist, correct? Mm -hmm. Um and that's where we learn about Will Smith and uh, we uh, get to meet um, our uh, New Orleans friend. What is his name? Harry Connick Jr. Harry Connick. He is so cute in this movie. Oh my he's adorable. God. Yeah. I mean, he's an ass face, but he's adorable. And not, yeah. in, a, not in a dickhead ass face, just kind of a, he's a, he's just that yeah. guy. Yeah. And so, yeah, he cracked me up like, um, you know, when he oh, talks about, about butt kissing. Yeah, the, yeah. the best position to kiss a butt. And I like the booty right yeah. here. <laughs> so I'm at eye level with it. And I just pucker yeah. up. So, yeah. So we, we hear that Will Smith wants to be an astronaut. And uh, that's his big thing. But he also wants to marry Jasmine. That's, and who's Jasmine, a stripper. Who's a stripper. And apparently those two can't intertwine. Inter and, and Jimmy tells him flat out, he says, dude. 
They're never going to let you fly the space shuttle if you marry a stripper. Which is ridiculous. We're going to call bullshit on that. Well, I'd say. Very, very shortly. So. Well, we're also going to call bullshit on it because. Um, well, actually, no. I'm trying to think of all the weird people we've let fly <laughs> space shuttles. And I realized that it wasn't the weird people that flew no. the space shuttles. It was like their weird companions. I was thinking of the diaper lady that drove to Tampa to kill somebody. <laughs> Remember? Yeah. 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 So that was actually, she just was in love with an astronaut. Yeah. And I mean, you know, astronauts the are space lovely. Craze. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's like those women who somehow, I guess maybe they have pen pal programs in prison yeah. and they befriend the craziest serial killers and then they just go all nutso and they marry them. Why, when you're in prison, do they let you get married? I don't. I don't know. It's weird. I don't understand why that I would be I guess it's thing. still a basic human right. As long as you're not gay, of course. How is getting married a basic human right <laughs> if basic. not every human gets to do it? Yeah, Congress. The, uh, they can right now. Mm, currently. For now. Thanks to the Supreme Court. <sighs> Supreme Court is awesome today. Well, it was. Anyway. Yeah, um, there's a hole in it. <laughs> anyway. Um, it's, but okay, uh, I really uh, could yeah. have done without the Will Smith pee scene. Or he's like yeah. looking out the window and peeing. He's like, Jasmine, all the neighbors done packed moving up and yeah, moving yeah. out. Must be tired of them quates. Yeah. Shake it, shake it. I'm like, I don't need to listen to or hear yeah. or watch I you shake know. off I don't, the pee. I always said, I'm uncomfortable with the peeing conversations. I had a friend that would always <laughs> like go into the bathroom and then go and continue to pee and continue to talk to me. And I'm like, no, no, no. That's yeah, enough. It's, it's, it's really funny because I, I, okay. I attribute a lot of the problems that I had in my first marriage to an open door bathroom policy. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and, and not my policy just in general. Like I don't, I just think it's a bad idea. Like I think there should be some things that are left to the imagination, like, or the non-imagined. Let's just not think about them. Anyway, I don't want to see you peeing Will Smith in this movie Mm -hmm. because it really kind of takes me out of things. It makes me go, But, all right, so uh, pee scenes we could have done without. Yeah. Uh, just a side note, Dylan, the little kid, Jasmine's kid, uh, was actually the same actor who played little Nicky on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. But I believe he's the second little Nicky. Because, of course, they had kids to, grow. Yeah, they had to advance his age. So he, he went from one season to being, like, two to, like, five. Yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, same kid. Mm-hmm. And he's also the same kid... Who plays Buckwheat in the like '96 version oh, yeah. of The Little Rascals? I heard he applied for so the adorable. next um, for the uh, yeah, resurgent, and he didn't, and get, he didn't it. get it. But the person, but the, the character, is, the character, yeah, the character is the new Will Smith in that movie, kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's Dylan. It's whatever yeah. his last name ends up being. Yeah. Uh, not that I've seen it because I, I never, I never got around. I it. heard it, was, it lost the magic. It of was right this after one. Comic Palooza last year that it came out, like mm-hmm. days after, and we were wiped. I was wiped. It was like it was a, a coma uh, yeah. for a long time. It was, and then we lost an episode, so that killed us as well. So yeah, fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, apparently the fastest route, uh, just in case you're ever curious and Apple Maps fails you because there's no more Wi-Fi because aliens are here, the fastest route from New York to Washington involves driving 12 miles an hour (laughs) to make sure you can get there just in time to get people on a helicopter before the White House is blown to bits. Yeah. That just in just in case. Well, I'm glad that the White House finally turned around and and listened to him because Mm -hmm. honestly... I wouldn't have. No. I mean, I'm the president. This is my 
employee's crazy ex-husband that came in there. That's um, already been like punched me in the face one time because yeah. he thought they were having an affair. Yeah, weird. Anyway, so I, I'm glad that the, the president finally got on board, decided to leave. Mm-hmm. Got the she got he he contacted the first lady, told mm-hmm. her to leave. Right. And so she jumped. Uh, so she she should have left first thing, though. Yeah, like, she should have. She wanted to be calm and be a source of whatever, you know. So trying to get everybody else to be well, calm. Well, see what happens. Yeah, that's what happens. It's all right. Get yourself out. So, so this was basically all we see of Mary McDonald, though, is just these little snippets because mm-hmm. she is she's not in the same she's room. She's in L.A. The, yeah. And they're in D.C. They seem she, like they're still in love, though. Their characters really seem like they were they, in love. And They would have. Yeah. I think, it, again, I think having her around would have just, there would have have been anything for her to do. So mm-hmm. it's fine that she's elsewhere. Um, I also found it really interesting when I was writing down the different character names, like just to keep track of who played who, uh, is Mary, w- Mary Whittingham or whoever, who plays the daughter, his mm-hmm. daughter. Um, her name is Patricia. They never, they say it one time in the entire Isn't movie. Isn't that weird when you never know what they any call characters. her Munchkin throughout oh, yeah. the whole mm-hmm. movie. He calls her Munchkin. Everybody else does. Uh, even Connie calls her Munchkin when they're putting her on the plane on Air Force One. He tells the flight attendant, please strap Patricia in or something like that. It's the only time you ever actually hear her movie. Because I was like, who the fuck is Patricia? Like, that's Munchkin. I don't know <laughs> what her name is. That's funny. So, um, so yeah, yeah. I, that is one of those problems that I have with um, uh, a lot of times people automatically, you do this. Star Wars does this. Mm-hmm. You automatically know, I know the names of characters. Yeah. And they never were said aloud. You know what? I got so Paul and I had a big discussion about this at one point, and one of them was the fact that in the original Star Wars, so we're talking yeah. Star Wars, nineteen seventy-seven, they never said Princess Leia's last name ever. Mm-hmm. They never said her father's name, so that you could infer it was just somehow known that this was Princess Leia Organa. Mm-hmm. I did not know that, honestly. Until, uh, like the prequels, the or? prequels, yeah. yeah. Until the prequels came out, and like the third one, or maybe mm-hmm. this. I guess he pops up in the second one, but the third one is when it kind of comes out that this is who her mm-hmm. father is. Now Paul knew it because it was on the packaging for the toys and things like that. By the time yeah. we got to the toys, I wasn't reading packaging. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't care, and you know, I didn't listen to like like if you listen to the original Star Wars radio plays, which I highly recommend. They're really very good. I I did it a couple of years ago, like two years ago. Um, you know, it says her name in that, and it's in the credits. But I, I and he's like, yes, they do. They totally do. I'm like, no, they don't in any of them because I have watched them and I have them all memorized. They never say her last yeah. name. But it's the same thing with like the different bounty hunters and, and the I, different the different stormtroopers. They all have different names. The desert trooper or whatever. Like, how the fuck do you know that they're called the desert trooper? Because they're tan. You just made that up. You just made it up. <laughs> now <laughs> they do have names yeah. like uh, like uh, Orson Krennic's crew uh, mm-hmm. were the death troopers. Like mm-hmm. he like they you know in uh, Rogue One and and but also because we've had a lot of you know there's so much of an extended universe and now like a legacy legends kind of universe there's so much that's been written that everybody just knows it and you just know like of course i know who boba fett is duh but there were seven other bounty hunters on that uh bridge that all had names i didn't know them until like 
a month ago. It goes to show you the importance of com- uh, costume design. It does. Yeah, because, I mean, and, uh, Boba and Fett is story. Yeah. I'm just going to throw that out I've there. I've got a Boba Fett coffee mug. I'll show it to you. I love Boba Fett. It's like 20 ounces. I didn't love Boba Fett in uh, in Empire Strikes Back, but I love him now. Yeah. You I know. think everybody does. But it's, it, you know, same thing, like, you know, and Star Wars has done such a great job, especially when they, you know, take George Lucas out of the mix of, uh, you know, creating those backstories and creating a universe around each person because that's how life works. You yeah. know, we're not one dimensional people falling in and out of one person's one story. Person story. We, you know, everybody's a little bit complicated. So, mm-hmm. all right. Um, so, okay. Now we've, okay. So now we're getting down to the, the countdown. We've gotten them out of the white house. All the ships are opening mm-hmm. there it, and like a giant fucking bug zapper, right? That bottom opens, it's a blue light, and everyone on the top of that building in L.A. is just staring at it going, ooh, yeah. so pretty. I want to touch it. I want to touch the, you know. Well, it's got to be a good way to go. Like, if you're going to go away, you're instantly dead. Yeah. you got to look at something pretty. You were excited at the end. Again, we've talked about my uh, my own personal survival instincts when it comes to things like a zombie apocalypse. This This would be an ideal way to go because here's the deal. Now, while... These movies are awesome at making us feel heroic and patriotic and we're going to survive this and we're going to be free. The idea of having to figure out how to reset civilization after you've done this, to me, is exhausting. Like, I don't want to think about even having to put my shoes on in an hour kind of thing. Like, I don't really want to think about, you know, you've got 28 people in this particular location to rebuild the American colony here with and... uh I don't know. It'd be kind of easier to like not deal with currency. Would it? Yeah. Every you're still going to end up with some sort of currency, but like you said in a previous episode, you know, it may be tampons. Well, that may be our, you know, <laughs> would totally might be, be our. Currency. Yeah, I mean, and then think about it. They probably blew up most of the Walgreens, so you're gonna have to roll your own, sister. <laughs> That's a terrible thing. I don't want to be around for rolling my own tampons. <laughs> That's awful. There's got to be some some Walgreens left. Thanks, panties. That's what's going to help the world. Period unders. Punctuation unders. Just for you, seal. Punctuation unders. Punctuation unders. (sighs) All right. Okay. So, so, all right. So, at this point, we've destroyed half the world. The uh, president got out. Um, The cable repairman got out. Um, The cable repairman's love of his life that he can't get over got out. And his dad. And his dad, Judd Hirsch. And then um, and then that shitty Secretary of Defense, the little, yes, little yeah. rat nose guy. Okay, so I'm Mr. Gonna, Wisnicki. So this is what I read about Mr. Wisnicki on the um, 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 on the interwebs. On the interwebs. Okay, so they said that Albert and his Mickey. Okay, that they fired him. Because they wanted to mimic a guy named Joe Nismicki, Nimziki, that is MGM's head of advertising. <laughs> and it pissed off the writers. So he pissed off the writers so bad during Stargate that mm-hmm. they were, they wrote his, you know, this guy with they the same last as name and, and then, and oh, then wow. fired him. Wow. That's awesome. It could he be, was, he was it has dick, to though. be true because it's on Wikipedia. It's on the internet. It has to be true, especially Wikipedia. Spe- speaking of that, did you hear? Did, what? Are you using that in the source for your final paper? You yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, um, did you hear that? So um, Burger King decided that they were going to, um, in their commercial, 
say, okay, Google, and then say, you know, Burger King's Whopper or something so that everybody's okay, Google would pop up. And it all went to the Wikipedia site. Well, Wikipedia is editable. And so, like, a lot of them said, like, it's made of, like, a quarter-inch baby meat (laughs) and, like, all kinds of... See, this is why you don't troll a troll. Yeah, This is why we never... We and never be, feed the troll unless it's just, you yeah. know, on our show here. It's, it would be, it's so funny because it's like, first of all, who the fuck do you think you are? You get to set off my okay Google thing, right? right? And so they get, they deserve what they get in my mm-hmm. opinion. Back to the story. Back to the story. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, I think one of the things, and we, we talked about this when we recorded it last time, but you weren't here for that. So one of, one of my favorite parts of this, so uh, Jasmine and little Nikki, whose name is not little Nikki, Dylan, and their dog, whose name I still don't know what it is because she just kind of mumbles it and screams it. Yeah. Um, Mambo, maybe? I don't, I don't know. I really they, don't know. They survive. It doesn't matter. They see the explosion coming. Now, they don't see the, you know, the spaceship, is it? but she's stuck in a tunnel or about to get into a tunnel in a car with 17,000 other people stuck in a tunnel. And so she sees it in the rear view. She's got to spend a good 30 seconds peeling suitcases out of this car to get her kid. I think the kid should have been on the outside. I'm just going to say that's most more important. She gets the kid and the dog and she runs or she gets a kid and she runs and she finds a door like a access door of some sort. And she manages with her stripper strength to kick in this door. She could probably hold herself upside down by her legs. I'm sure she can do all of that. That's why I'm saying she's got the super super stripper legs, super, super strength. Um, so she she kicks down this door, which stays wide open, by the way, dives into it, screams for the dog. The dog comes jumping in just as this blast of fire comes shooting through the tunnel. Doors wide open. Nobody's even also slowest moving explosion ever. Oh God! It just like rolled across the earth like locusts. It took more time to see Will Smith. Like it took less time to see Will Smith uh, peeing, the neighborhood packing up and stuff. To see this rolling explosion, you would not have had that amount of time at all. I'm pretty sure they blew up the building across the street. Like you know, doing those implosions. Yeah. It did take a good 20 seconds before the smoke plumes got to us. That's that's just smoke. I know. And it's so humid here. It's not that humid out there. Well, I, I know because the power wasn't coming from the smoke. Right. The power but was But that was also out. an implosion, not an explosion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, again, their force of magnitude. The force is going the wrong direction. Yeah. Science, science, science. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, so yeah. So, what we learn in this is, one... Um, Fire apparently won't go towards any open oxygen source, as we have learned from science, to kill her and her kid in the the, the hole in the hole. So she's you know, safe there. Uh, the guy on the subway, uh, apparently it was a great day to ride the subway, though I think everyone else on the subway probably died. Well, the, see, that doesn't make any sense. That's they should have saved everybody on like, the subway. And how did you get out from under the subway is yeah. another question. Um, which are never answered. So she finds, as you do, a dump truck because there's debris and shit. So you need something big. And lucky for her, like in every movie every ever movie. made, the door is unlocked and the keys are on the visor. And this is like an exciting, like I just assume everyone keeps their keys in the visor of a big rig and I could take off with one anytime I wanted to. I've never actually tried it, but I'm pretty sure it's a thing because it's been in every movie ever made. Yeah. 
So she rides around LA collecting people, peoples, and she happens to come across, as you do, a downed helicopter among the rubble. And in this helicopter rubble, she finds the first lady. So somehow survives. Yeah. Somehow has survived. No one else is alive. It's just her. But she's uh, she's she's not well. She's got a yeah. giant wound in her abdomen, which looks like bad news. Mm-hmm. So then they sit around hobo style around a campfire for a while talking about, yeah. you know, what it's do you do? I'm a dancer. Mm-hmm. Oh, ballet. No, exotic. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As you would. But, you know, she's yeah. like, I'm not, you know, it's good money. Wait, yeah. It's worth it for my, my kid. Then she introduces the kid. And says, hey, this is... Which leads me to believe he may not be. I don't know. She said, I voted for the other guy. So, yeah, I don't know his party status. I know. I I just don't know. Like, most exotic dancers. I guess I shouldn't assume that an exotic dancer wouldn't be a Republican or. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would not assume that. However, yeah, probably not. Assumptions are bad. Yeah. I, I don't know. Actually, I. I don't know. Like, I could see both sides of the political spectrum working for a stripper. <laughs> so I could see, like, why you'd want to go one side, why you'd want to go the other. So, mm-hmm. Well, I could see that for literally Well, everyone. I mean, anytime you're an independent consultant or, an ind- you know, you're going to want to have less uh, regulation on your, um, on your business. And I would say that that would be a Republican characteristic. <laughs> And in this case, business is many different things. (laughs) 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 Wow. All right. right. So anyway. But now, so they're heading back to El Toro. And how did they get to Area 51? I do not remember. Okay. Well, this is, this is what happens. So, all right. So we saw the White House plane goes to Area 51. We've missed a big part of the movie on that. Uh, they meet Adam Baldwin, who's a dick in real life, but pretty cool in this movie. We didn't talk about Will Smith fighting the alien, too. We haven't gotten there. That's what I'm saying. Oh, it's so, after this? No, it's oh. all, again, it's all wibbly wobbly and jumpity. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's anyway, all at the same time, like on the same day. It's all at the same yeah. time at the same day. So they've recalled. Now, remember, he was at her house for a barbecue for the 4th of July. Yeah. They were all on shore leave. So now they've been recalled to El Toro. <clears throat> all of the Marine fighter pilots. So including Harry Connick Jr., Will Smith, are now suited up and ready to go kick E.T.'s ass. And, of course, you know, Harry Connick's Jimmy is being a little bit uh, silly. Yeah, he's the silly guy. He's the silly guy. He's he's the comic relief. He's the guy who's trying to make everybody feel better, but he also does the, the little bit of the, you know, the reverend prayer yeah, for yeah, all yeah. these guys going up to this. I forgot how much this. I like that. That was cute. So good. Like he's just such a he's he's got he's got about as many lines as the first lady in the whole movie. Yeah, you're right. But he's still such a good. And I don't consider this a Harry Connick Jr. movie, but I consider no, it a, a but Mary McDonald. It's yeah. one of my favorite movies yeah. of him in it. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, so I just yeah, they're flying around, and they realize the air. They're gonna take it down. Yeah. No, you're not. It's got a shield. Holy shit, it's got a shield. And then the TIE fighters come out. That's what I, They're not called TIE fighters, but that's what I'm going to call them because that's what happens in every Star Wars movie. They let you attack the big ship for a little while, and then they send out the TIE fighters to Or the to toasters or the, Whatever you know what I mean? Is. Yeah, it's, it's, they all have the same they type all, of thing. The same concept. Big ship, little ships. Little ships fight little ships and, you know, try to run them tired and protect the big ship. That's their job. So somehow... 
uh, they are so they're in El Toro, which is in California somewhere. It doesn't uh, exist. It doesn't exist, but it's we're gonna say it's you four, know we're gonna say it's thirty miles outside L.A. I don't yeah, know. it sounds right, that but sounds you know right. so it's El Toro. It's in the desert. Th- stands for the bull. <laughs> And that's because it's bullshit. It does it not is exist. Some bullshit. <laughs> so now they're flying, and you're in a you're in a fighter jet, so you can get a long way in a while. But now yeah. they're flying through what I assume has got to be the Grand Canyon. Yeah, because it's you know yeah. they're so, and that's that's only like ten minutes in yeah. a in a jet in a jet it's from not that LA. Far. Yeah. So they've they've cut off Jimmy and uh, uh, his name is Steve. Steve, mm-hmm. uh, Captain Stephen Hillard. <laughs> they're running through. Uh, you know, basically, they're running with two of the TIE fighters behind them, and they're trying to outmaneuver, but these ships are very mm-hmm. maneuverable, and they're not as pointy as our ships are, so they can do a lot of good things. Uh, something happens to Jimmy's ship. Mm-hmm. He gets hit or something, yeah. but he can't breathe. He rips off his mask, and he ends up basically crashing. Yeah, he does. Or the, or the guy takes him out or whatever. So now, you know, his his guy gets taken out, and uh, Will Smith's character this is running a, out of gas. Yeah, and this was a cool action scene, though. It was very yeah, cool. Yeah. It was really, really well done. Say, Don't you shoot that green shit at me. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 yeah, there's a lot of smack talk going on yeah. in the, you know, it's really worth watching yeah. just for the fun smack. Yeah. Um, but he's, you know, he's, trying, he's running out of gas yeah. because he's, you know, yeah. been, those, been doing a, this for a, a jet while will burn and it burns gas, a ton yeah. of fuel. And you're not supposed to really get that far away from where you were to begin yeah. with. They're not long distance Mm-mm. jumpers here. So he knows he's going to have to bail out of his ship. So what he does is he kind of points it straight at the the, t- the top edge of a canyon wall. And he shoots up, mm-hmm. you know, and then so his plane crashes. The alien craft is trying to go over it, but it doesn't, it can't really, I think he shoots a parachute at it or something. Oh, yeah. So he can't really see. So it kind of crash lands on top of the mesa or whatever yeah. it is at that point. Plateau. Anyway, whatever. continue. Uh, <laughs> on the top of the canyon. Uh, so he, you know, he's finally lands and he's fighting with the parachute and kicking and screaming and trying to get out he's of having, it. He's having a fit. He is having a tantrum of epic proportions and it's kind of awesome. So he walks over and somehow opens the spaceship, or maybe the spaceship opens because the guy's going to come out and he's having a tantrum in his alien wiggles. I don't know. But so a face pops out and he punches it in the neck. He says, welcome to Earth. That was awesome. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> I said there's a lot of this like patriotic. Like, yeah. yeah. But, you know, don't mess with Earthlings. Yeah. Well, honestly, if like if our, if we're going to be represented by an entire specimen like Will Smith works. Will yeah, 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 yeah. Will Smith. Well, you're not going for Jeff Goldblum here. Maybe not the Scientology. You're talking uh, character. Yeah. Will, Will Smith Wilson. is a as Scientologist. Yes. Oh, oh dear God. Yes. But his but his uh, wife found um, uh, uh, Caesar Milan. So and put She's him still a Scientologist and so. put him into stardom. But th- but then we have also Caesar Milan. As I love Caesar Milan. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, I have his book. So uh, now he's uh, dragging. Well, I think we've probably popped to three other areas. But yeah, now, yeah. let's say just timeline wise, he's now dragging the through alien. the desert this alien wrapped in his parachute uh, who is heavy and stinks. And he could have been at a barbecue. So then he got to stop and kick it a couple of times because he's only punched it now to knock it out. He hadn't like killed it or anything. Yeah. Well, and he's mad. I mean, he's, he's well, expressing he's his anger in, in, a, died in, a, wh- in a hilarious he even, way. Yeah. He doesn't even know what all's happened, but mm-hmm. I, it's hot. I mean, I can't, I, I don't want to walk across 
the parking lot at the mall, let alone the blazing hot desert, which may or may not be the salt flats. We've been talking about this for a week now. Um, so anyway, I don't, think, just, I don't think it is. We'll just call it blazing hot desert from hell. I mean, it looks they're miserable. all kind of about the same. Right? Yeah, it's and a desert. It's, who cares? Yeah. Um, but so he's dragging it and he's in a direction that he's heading. Uh, and all of a sudden he sees, now I've skipped all the part about the, the drunken hillbillies, but whatever. Yeah, we, we know you about get them. it. So now he sees this caravan of 10 billion uh, RVs heading right towards yes. him. And of course they pull up and they're like, hey, soldier, need a lift? He's, that's that's what RV people are so nice. Well, they're very, sure. they're very. Um, Especially when you're towing a crop dusting plane behind your RV. I mean, that was just you know, a sight. Like to if you ever want to hang like Christmas Day in an RV park is awesome. <laughs> Well, all right. <laughs> I don't. You didn't grow I, up camping, I, I, I guess. I did not grow yeah. up camping yeah, ever. And nor would we have had the the uh, inclination to use an RV. We camped a couple of times in a tent, like yeah, yeah. hobos. Yeah. It was awful. The, R- the RV is the way to go. So, yeah. Well, I would assume Of course, so. I, don't, I don't know like how to work them. My dad yeah. has an RV, and I'm always like, I'm going to learn how to do that so that I can mm-hmm. do RVing with my dog. Oh, my friend Tracy is just semi-retired, and she is off on the road with her husband and they are just like she left her daughters at the house with the kids and she's like well i'll be back once a month to check in at work and we are on the road i was like that's cool mm-hmm. we'd probably kill each other after eight seconds you know it the- costs about the same to uh, live in an rv as it does to live in an apartment or something yeah. because the lot rent at these places where you stand Mm-hmm. is expensive yeah yeah but um you go find an elks club mm-hmm. uh elks lodge or uh, like a KOA if you have a membership. Yeah. But some of them are really nice, and, but they're expensive. Well, anyways, these guys didn't have anywhere to go. So they were just traveling in a herd like Jesus. Yeah, there's a lot of RVers so in the desert. So it kind of works out. Like, well, they were, you know, once the once the aliens came, most of them packed up and just got in an RV to, as you do, just roll roll across. And so they roll up on Will Smith and, you know, hey, you want to, he's like, I'm, I need to get to this. I saw a base when I was flying overhead. He's not on the map. He's like, trust me, it's there. So they go rolling up to area the Area 51 base, get stopped at the guard booth, of course. <laughs> and the uh, the guy comes out and he's like, sir, you're not authorized to be here. Where's your credentials? He's like, oh, you want to see my identification? <laughs> and he opens the thing and he's like, you can go. And apparently just followed by 75,000 people in RVs with no security clearance at all. So Yeah, I like to know that like once all of the major cities in the United States are destroyed, we we're still go going to, to sit go. there and, and uh, go through our fucking red tape to get into anything. <laughs> like, God you, forbid you, you want to survive. You might be in one of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. you might be one of the aliens. Pretty sure I'm not. It's like, you know, at this point, just why don't you save the rest of the Americans you have left? Whatever. Well, at this point, we are now introduced, or we've already been introduced, but we're being reintroduced to uh, Data, who is running Area 51. Dr. So, Brackish Oaken. Yes, Dr. Dr. Oaken's name is Brackish. How terrible is that? But anyway, so we've... <laughs> this description we've got, says, unkept and highly excitable. <laughs> he reminds me of Bernie Sanders. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. I don't, just, I don't get it's that. It's just really funny. Or, or maybe Bernie Sanders reminds me of this guy in this role because he always seems to be slightly frazzled and like he would be the dude running around with a bunch of papers flying out of his arms into any meeting. Fun fact. Okay, so like our uh, the Nimziki, um, the character's appearance and verbal style, we're talking about Brent Spiner, and verbal style are based on those of visual effects supervisor Jeffrey Oaken. 
same last name, nice. whom uh, Emirates had worked with on Stargate. <laughs> you know, Supernatural does that. Do they? They have a, you know, the character Bobby. Uh, yeah. The grumpy, uh-huh. their dad's buddy. Uh, Robert, whatever Bobby's last name is, because it's just left my brain. I've watched every episode. He's the executive producer of the show. Like, not that guy, not the actor, oh, it's but the, the guy name. with the name. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. very funny. Um, They've also killed poor Bobby like four times. I don't know how that keeps happening. Yeah. But um, so anyway, so so now they've got a live alien. They're super excited. Really excited. They're like, people are dying. He's like, but, but we're super excited. So they go to cut it open. The thing mind controls him. Apparently, it doesn't kill him. Didn't we we figure that out? It doesn't actually kill him oh, because yes. he's in the next movie. Yeah, he's in he, the 20 appara- years later like movie. they even talked about I this. I thought he was. Yeah, dead. they said that he was apparently in a. Uh, he was apparently killed in the movie, and then in the re- resurgence, <laughs> they said it's like, oh, you know, he was just he's in a only coma, mostly dead, <laughs> yeah. much like Jeff Goldblum's character in the Lost World. After in yeah. the book of Jurassic Park, he dies. He seemed like he was dead in the movie too. He wasn't, but he was definitely going to. He was fairly septic at that point, but in the book, he's dead, dead. And then the, literally the first page of the second book says, well, it, it was while the report or something about the reports of my death have been wildly over-exaggerated. I was only mostly dead. Yeah. So uh, same concept, apparently. So anyways, he gets in there. The thing mind controls him. They figure out that they're locusts trying to take over the planet. There's nothing we can do to reason with them because they just want us all to die. So then, you know, they shoot through the glass and kill the alien. As you do. Wikipedia <sighs> did confirm, by the way, Bonneville Salt Flats. Okay. Well, but I've been to we Bonneville. Know that's true. We, I've been to Bonneville Salt Flats. This is like outside my area of town, mm-hmm. you know. It's white as fuck. They put a yellow filter on that. Well, again, you know, when you're trying to do exposure on things of varying color, you do. Well, have I mean, to do it's that, it's available. So. Like, I mean, obviously, when they f- they film nighttime scenes during the day, mm-hmm. so you know, so obviously that all they had to it do happens. was throw a filter. Just, but yeah. like, it really is. It's creepy white. It's like Clearwater Beach white. I thought it yeah. was still pretty fucking white because that's why I said, "Hey, is this the salt?" Well, blast, it's definitely but. it's definitely whiter than the buildings or the the mountains around it. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. So, all right. Um, all right. So now we have to have, we don't even have a plan at this point. This is when Jeff Goldblum gets drunk and starts throwing shit around. Oh, because the plan was to nuke. The plan. Oh, yes, that's right. The plan is we're going to nuke them. Yeah. Because that's where we go. And so we, decided to, so we decided to nuke Houston. They nuke Houston. Well, you know, honestly, ah. we've got enough like petrochemicals in the air here. Maybe it would actually improve our health. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. They're like, here's just a dose of chemo for the <laughs> for the Gulf Coast. <laughs> eh, you know. So, anyways, they knew Houston. It is completely ineffective. It has not touched the thing. By the way, this has all happened before they attack with yeah, Ed El Toro. But whatever, we know. Uh, so, anyway, now they got to figure it out. He's drunk. We're gonna nuke him. We're gonna waste the planet. Blah blah blah. Dad gives him the idea. Uh, get off the floor, you're going to catch a cold. And then he's like, wait, I went to MIT. I should write a computer virus. Yes. Duh. Because my uh, Mac from 1996 is completely uh, compatible with alien tech from yeah. another planet. Yeah. Always. Yep. That's, um, you know, all codes are basically the same, I suppose. Sure, sure. You know? uh, so, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, apparently they 
they get along. (laughs) So this is the point where he gets them all together and shows them how he can upload the virus into the ship. And oh yeah, because they shot at the the ship. Yeah, well they shoot at a coke can. And the first time they can't get it because even though the thing is just sitting there and they can walk up and touch it, when you try to shoot it yeah. or put a Coke can on top, well, you put a Coke yeah, can on top of it, no problem. It's a projectile, I when guess. When you try to yeah. shoot it, the... the and so isn't this where Adam Baldwin freaking nearly kills everybody yeah, in there? Yeah, ricochet. Yeah, because it's like, okay, thanks, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. You had to have known nobody that was going to happen that. Nobody thought that. Even that, it's a closed room. It's yeah. not like they were outdoors. It's still a bad idea. Yeah. But anyway, so... Why don't you just they... throw something at it? <laughs> right. Well, I don't know. But then they, they, you know, he sets the virus up and, oh, we can shoot the coke can off. So then they say, we're going to have to take what this What if he missed space. and he shot a hole in their spaceship? Eh. <laughs> it's clearly more... I, these are these are bad these are questions are valid they're valid (laughs) so anyway so now oh we can do this but no one on this planet is qualified to fly i wouldn't say that sir because will smith got chased by one so clearly he can run all the delicate intricate flight things inside an alien craft that doesn't use english as long as he does it in a tank top i don't give a shit he had a flight suit yeah yeah tank top is what did it though yeah. <laughs> so anyways, they decide they're going to do this. And he said, can you do all that? That bullshit you just said? Yes, I can. You know, I so love that. I like that part. It was a good line. I don't know. Can you do all that bullshit you just said? Yeah. So then cool. we end up. Oh, this is the fun part. So then we end up seeing they're getting ready to go. And Jasmine and Steve have decided they are going to get married because he's already got a ring. I'm really glad he kept it in well, his jumpsuit you and need not to get in the his... military pension because he's, right. <laughs> he's, get he's it, about to get die. Get it done oh before God. they leave the planet. <laughs> of course, there's no military or uh, treasury or anything else left at this point, but whatever. Um, but, you know, you got you to... We're friends with the president. We're what's fine. The, what's the point? <laughs> I mean, you're about to... He's probably not going to make it back. I yeah. mean, everybody knows how movies work, so yeah. he's clearly not making it no, back. No, he's dead. <laughs> uh, so they're going to get married first so she can be a widow yeah. and, and stop stripping. Yeah. But I'm glad that he kept the dolphin ring in his pocket instead of in his locker before he got in an aircraft to go on a dangerous mission because that's what you would do, Right. I don't know. No, you would I've leave never, it in your locker. I've but. never proposed to anybody, but <laughs> you, um, I, think I you, would say, yeah, I would say you I'd, would I'd probably s- leave it in your locker. Yeah. But he didn't. He had the foresight to bring it with him because you never know. He did have to go rescue all those people in the dump truck in a helicopter. Remember, stolen helicopter to get. That's how they got to El Toro. Oh yeah, stolen helicopter. Yeah, that's it. Made for and he, four. And he picked up the first lady on the way. They picked up the first. Well, the first lady was with her hobo style yeah. around the. So yeah, they took her. To go to the hospital. Oh, by the way, first lady died. Yeah, and this was uh, this was like Mary McConnell's. Um, it was her swan song. Yeah, it and really, it was and it was beautifully written. It was lovely. Yes, and um, and it, she it was still excellent. makes me cry, it even does. though I know it's coming. I know. And then when he go, when she calls him a liar, you yeah. know, and well, that's her thing. It was so yeah, cute. No, it was adorable. <sighs> so anyway, she's dead. Yeah, and uh, and, and but we could see she, her at Comic Palooza. <laughs> we will see her at Comic Palooza. Yay. <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> this is an episode for the books. Yep. <laughs> or not. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so now where are we? Uh, oh, no, so, oh they're so they're getting married. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the guy, the priest or whoever asks for witnesses. We have witnesses. And of course, at this point, uh, Jeff, Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum and Connie, yeah. whatever her name is, yeah. they, they come running in. His name is David. So we should just call him by character names. David and Connie come running in because they are going to be the witnesses. 
But they're looking a little unkempt, don't you think? Mar- uh, Con- Constance Spano. I don't care. Yes, they they're, they're looking a little. Oh yeah, they definitely had, spe- had sex in Area Fifty One. Uh, they did. They found a closet, and they you're gonna have some weird alien babies now yeah. because like you can't have sex on the TARDIS. They we've learned that you but shouldn't not do in it on a plane yet. So <laughs> well, they're in Area Fifty One, but 51. they're in Area Fifty One. So Lord knows. So, anyways, they're looking a little unkempt, but then they try to make it look. Uh, you know, sweet and oh, you still wear your wedding wedding ring after four years. That's adorable. Not uh, stalkery at all. Not no, creepy at no. all, folks. Uh, so then it's time. They're gonna load them up. They sh- gonna get ready. They they accidentally uh, ram the spaceship in the wrong direction, as you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they shoot out of the hole. And of course, my brain goes straight to. I wonder how long it took them to dig down. Because you know they, I mean, the thing was on the surface, so they and it's fifty stories underground now, so they had to like slide it down, yeah, yeah. like the world's scariest and, slide, and, and with the plan that it would leave one day, yeah, because it's yeah, it's got a it's got a hatch, it got everything, I don't handy. Know. Well, that's some handy. foresight thinking. Very, maybe very we'll helpful have to use it to save the world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> we might need this, this, this one day. We might need a hatch. Mm-hmm. We'll just do a hatch one day. We mm-hmm. might need this. Uh, so, so they shoot off into space, and of course. Remember, uh, Jeff Goldblum's character gets airsick. Like, he oh, was yeah. real airsick on Air Force One. So now he's like... This, this is so. where the cutest banter is between Lots these two. Because, it. like, the, you you Woo-hoo. only really saw it with that. Can you do all that bullshit yeah. you just said? But That's said, all it. got to get me one of these. It was... I know. It's the cutest, yeah. you know... Um, you know, his nervousness and mm-hmm. Will Smith's thing, you know... Excitement. Yeah. So, anyways, they shoot out into space. And they go dock with the, with the mothership. And they... You know, they they have, a, they have a visor they can close so that the aliens won't notice. Because there's like a there's like a head, you know, like when you return the yeah. rental car and there's the guy in the little booth yeah. that's waiting while you dock the rental, you know, you park mm-hmm. the rental car there for you to come turn in the keys. That's that's kind of what I feel was happening there. I also it was it, it, was, it was a conglomerate. Somebody's just getting <laughs> exactly. their paperwork. And like, ugh. God, I'm just waiting for, is it clock out time yet? They're exhausted. It's another dipshit pulling oh, their spaceship wow. in it's like this with spaceship. the sun rip on. The right. rule is you don't put the don't sun put tint the up. <laughs> but it's funny because, you know, you got to imagine that this, you know, this ship has been gone for like 50 years. Wouldn't there be some kind of tell on it? Like, again, if you rolled up to like Enterprise with something from 1947, and just tried to hand them the keys. Don't you think somebody might I'm like? Go, Where's your barcode? You know, yeah. I really don't think that this was the one you left with. You know. <laughs> so I don't know. Apparently, they have no. They well, give no this, fucks. This, 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 I picture it like you know, every once in a while, the post office delivers some mail from like the forties, right. and it's on the news. Right. That's exactly what it's like. Did you not file the paperwork properly, I, asshole? We need you needed you to file you this triplicate. You needed to get this Turn upgraded by the end of the day. You know, and now your lazy ass is calling all this extra work for me because <laughs> it's just sitting there and it's yeah. like little little booth the whole yeah. time. Like, what's happening? And then they send it a virus and it job pops up like a laughing Jolly Roger yeah. kind of thing, and it's all like surprised. Like that apparently translates like, real well. That skull shape is wrong. It's like ah ah ah, and it's like. Rawr. <laughs> and then they shoot, you know, they shoot a nuke into it. Doesn't explode on impact because that's part of the game. It's not supposed mm-hmm. to do that. Uh, 
And it's just like, like it turns around. Like I never noticed that until like, cause they use, they show it sitting there, but I never noticed the alien actually like turning around in its cubicle, like looking behind it at the thing He's that's like, now in so its back office. Fired. Yeah. It was just like, what the fuck is that? What just happened? Like I was just ready for my break. <laughs> Oh crap! Yeah. So at this point, the the virus works, and and because it works, able it able to take down the shields. However, the Tie Fighters come out and they cause a lot of mayhem. So they start running out stuck. of missiles. Yeah. And now we've got one. The president's got a missile left. So of course he needs to be the one to go save the day. But he decides to shoot at the outside of the opening, which is not very clever. Either, or he's a bad shot. Well, he was a military pilot, but he's been benched for a while, so you don't really know. Plus, you well, don't really honestly, know his accuracy it, rate. And before. honestly, if you hit a broadside of a boat at the bottom or towards the top, you're still going to sink that fucking boat. Yeah, this not yeah. so much on the spaceship with a flap. Yeah, so I don't think that the missiles required as so much his, accuracy his, in his history. His missile on this is a is a failure. Yeah. So now ugh, we're all going to die. Because now it's settling directly over Area 51. Why it thought Area 51 was the best place to go, I don't really know. Oh, no, they did say that. They mentioned that they could tell something was happening. Well, there I think the because end. they were trying to get word out oh, to okay. other places and do whatever. Remember, they had to start yeah, going to Morse code or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, and aliens don't know Morse code. Anyone ha- and of course they don't. Please. They, they've got Wi-Fi. Why do they need Morse code? Hello. Humans barely know Morse code. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, so they, uh, you know, there isn't anybody have any missiles. And of course, Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid. Drunken crop dusting guy who they gave a plane. Okay. I have to go back to this because we covered it last time and I, and it was really funny. And I think it's really important because they go out and they, before all of this fighting has happened, they, they, they've got planes. I don't know where they got the planes from. Yeah. That's ridiculous <laughs> to have that many planes at a place With that no is pilots. not an air, well, air force. Well, you but know. even if you're, you know, planning possibly that there might be something and you've got planes stockpiled, you should have, you know, they had a bunch of people sequestered there. You should have pilots too. I mean, that's just common sense. Maybe it's just who flown that. Not and then so they go out to and where we know the all RV the ones park that, is. And El Toro got destroyed. Right. Too. Well, yeah. now they've got an RV park set up at the front front door of Area 51, as you do, and they just go out there with a bullhorn and say, "Hey, we need some pilots. Anybody got flight experience?" And who's the first to volunteer? Drunk Randy Quaid. So drunk Randy Quaid's like, "Beep, I'm pilot." It's so they get them all together and they say, "Um, we're gonna give you a." Excuse the expression crash course and modern avionics because most of these guys look half homeless and haven't flown since Nam. I can't believe we forgot to mention this part. I know. No. I was just, I'm glad I just remembered it because I'd have been pissed later. Yeah. Uh, like we didn't talk about, like, how do we not talk about this best thing? So we have this, this meeting and, uh, and he says, so we're going to have to find out a little bit about some of your experience starting with. You drunk guy. <laughs> They're like, who the fuck are you, Russell yeah. Casey? Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. he's like, well, after Nam, I got into uh, crop dusting. And I just like to say that ever since I was abducted 10 years ago by aliens, I have been looking for a little payback. And they still look at him like he's fucking crazy. Yeah. The aliens are here. Maybe he didn't get abducted. 
But maybe at this point we give them the benefit of the doubt a yeah. little bit. I yeah, mean, a little bit. Yeah. We abducted their aliens. I mm-hmm. mean, they were dead, but we still we took them and sliced them open and looked at them. Mm-hmm. What's so hard to imagine that you know we didn't send a scouting expedition to bring exactly. back a local, yeah, a couple of local. See how farm easy they are to kill. They're very, uh, yeah, and uh, you know maybe abused him sexually. <laughs> but anyway, so I love that they're just still making fun of him, which again is. It's hilarious for the movie's sake, but in real life, it's just a little bit terrifying because yeah. we've just got so many people that have real life issues that for whatever reason are overlooked and not treated. Mm-hmm. That guy needed like some serious PTSD treatment regardless of what actually physically happened to him. Yeah. And he just had to turn to alcohol and crop dusting. Yep. And he probably was half crazy from whatever he was dropping out of the crop yeah. dusting we plane know. as well. We don't know that perk or whatever. Right. Yeah. It was like, woof. So. Okay. So talk about Bill Pullman, President Whitmore. Oh, Is President. it Whitmore? Yes. Yeah, Whitmore. President Whitmore's speech. It's iconic. It's amazing. If everyone who ran for president could learn to passionately and genuinely deliver speeches like this. I mean, they really do need to have some substance. But yeah. I'm just saying, just just watch it. Mm-hmm. It just pu- I cr- tears it's, every yeah. time. He unites every the time. world. The world is united world. by the sound of Bill Pullman's speech. Today that is, a- is no longer an American holiday. From now on, the Fourth of July will become our Independence Day. And then everybody's like, "Yay!" Yay! There's eight people out there, but it turns into a mass mob of screaming and awesomeness because Be- it has to. Oh, it is. I mean, it's it happened in the theater. Yeah, you know, of course it is. It happens in my living room. I know because it is awesome. <laughs> like this is it, oh, this is so the exciting. call to arms. I've got like goosebumps I talking know, about. Me, too, me yeah. too. Like <laughs> it is the call to arms of call yes. to arms. Now, and we've talked. We, didn't we? We want to. We recast. I took the, stole this from Matinee Heroes. What other actor could do this speech? Peter Capaldi doesn't count because he's not no, American. No, he um, could do it though. Hmm. I don't know. We, it's, it's, didn't we talk about it last yeah, we time? Had and I know one. I've we had one that we picked, and I can't remember who it was now. It's been too long. Samuel L. Jackson could do it with some f bombs. That'd be awesome. I would. I, I would. That's totally, how I would do it. I'd be like, <laughs> you know, this motherfucking holiday. <laughs> I am tired of these motherfucking <laughs> aliens and these motherfucking airplanes. See, uh, it works. Yeah. All right, Twitter. Please let get, us know who, who would else? you recap? Who could possibly be better than Bill Pullman for the Independence Day speech? Yeah, tweet us with this because we would like your your answer on this because we have forgotten our answers from five days ago. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yes, we have. So anyway, I think. Um, okay, so, so we're we're back on the spaceship. Back on the spaceship, and and they they know they're not getting out because they've locked them down. And they're like smoking a cigar in a closed spaceship environment, which to me sounds like a terrible idea. They they figure at uh, this point they're dead. They're dead at this point, so they got the victory dance going on. And they're like, well, let's just go ahead and blow off that nuke. And so they're like, bye, hello, goodbye, love you, peace. <laughs> like, you think they have any idea what's going to happen? Not a clue. Boom. And that's when the guy gets the nuke in the back of his cubicle and goes, ugh. But whatever it is, it un- it actually unhooked it, it un- the the shock of I guess firing this nuke has unjammed the little device that holds the top hat of the spaceship in place, and so now they're loose. 
But now they've just shot something at the guy in the cubicle. So now they've got like four of these guys chasing them. Yeah. So now they have to, of course, do the action action scene to get out of here using most of Jeff Goldblum's dialogue from Jurassic Park. I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Go, 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 go. Must go faster. Must go faster. (laughs) I'm like, you totally stole that from Jurassic Park. (laughs) Of course, it is what you would say. You're like, what's the fuck out of here? (laughs) That's what I'd be doing. I would be freaking out. (laughs) He's like, I heard no fat lady. Shut up. You're obsessed with the fat lady. (laughs) Anyway, so they get out of the ship right before it closes. And of course, the iconic crash of the little TIE fighters behind it. And now they are booking it, trying to get the hell out of there. They're like, because they've got only got, only got 30 seconds. Because you know what? Apparently 30 seconds is like safe distance. I mm-hmm. mean, there's got to be a minimum safe distance when you blow up a space shuttle. Shuttle. <laughs> space, <A> space shuttle. <laughs> space shuttle. Uh, a quarter of the size of the moon. Uh But no, they're just, they just seem to be kind of. Well, it's a fast ship. Well, it's fast, but they're still just kind of. Woo, we got out of here. And then it's like the thing blows up and it's like, oh, shit. Because now you've got the blast radius of a ship yeah. that large blowing up. And they're totally, I'm sorry, y'all, they totally got cancer at this point. Yeah. That's probably why Will Smith is not in the new movie. I don't know. And, they, do, uh, they, he is de- they do acknowledge <laughs> that he's dead in the new movie. Uh, but this is probably why. I, I, doubt, I got, doubt it was leukemia. He, I think he got was... something because that a nuclear blast... That close to you. That you're in it because you're now in there, the no because yeah, I, a, spa- a, a spaceship would have radiation protection because you want to be able to land it. But on But it Earth. was really old. So again, think about like it's like a it would have it would have blown point. up during reentry if it did not have still have a significant. Uh, nah. Either way, I like to think he's dead because he saved. the I world. think he died in a in a. He war. probably died in something something stupid like being married to a stripper i don't know uh, because apparently you know that's what happens jimmy apparently said. That, that concerns jimmy that jimmy concerns told him people. that one time yeah. it's it's well it's he's concerning. an astronaut he made this he made his dream he did he didn't get to fly the space shuttle because there aren't any more because they blew up oh yeah probably everything uh but anyway so he, now they, they, what he flew was cool but they still the ha- they haven't heard from him so they're back they've all all the you know conquering heroes who have blown up the mid-sized spaceship oh, over Area 51. Yeah, now, they the, haven't saved the world. Yeah, by They've the way. They've just done yeah. that. Rus- by, by, uh, oh, yes. Russell ran. Case has the only uh, missile left, and he... It's jammed. It's jammed. Of, of course, course it's jammed. So he's going to be the big hero of the day and fly his gin-soaked ass straight up into the penis of this ship. I, I, I consider it the sphincter. <laughs> Either it was way. very sphincter-y. In a way, he's flying right into the blue beam of light. You, a place where you do it not want to be. a place you don't want to be. Yeah. Uh, so he does this. It blows up the whole ship. I don't know why. Every spaceship designer says, let's leave a fatal flaw and put it on the outside of the ship. It's perfect. And, and on, the, on the side that people see and not yeah. on the side that's yeah, hard to get to. the far side. Yeah. You should always be on the far side. Uh, like the moon. So, yeah. So now they've come back as conquering heroes and want to know how their delivery boys are doing. That's what they said. That's what they call them. And I am like, these motherfuckers just made it possible to save the entire world, not this one ship. And you just, uh, just. Uh, Did you give too- them a tip? How much do you tip that delivery How boy? How do you tip that delivery boy? <laughs> Were they even getting paid at this point? Uh, probably did, did not. They make your, did, is your mushu pork cold? What's going on? <laughs> Pretty sure they were volunteers at this point. So they're like, we lost, we lost contact with them 20 minutes ago. How did they have contact with them to begin with? Because they don't have Wi-Fi. They don't have Wi-Fi, and radio doesn't extend that far. Nope. And it wouldn't have talked to their ship anyway, because because they don't all have the, the other ships would have heard it too. And so the satellites are satellites out. are gone. 
So pretty much they lost contact with them when they left the dock. Like they, when they, they left knew, the hangar But they knew bay. something had to have happened because, because the, the shields, shields went down. down. Yeah, that was it. Uh, so then, wait, wait, we see something on our radar. And then they go riding through the desert on in the Jeep. top of a, uh, is a Hummer. It was a Humvee. Oh, yeah. And it was the, the topless Humvee. So they could stand would, and look cool. You in would the wind never like, do that. Yellow. It would just be sandblasted. In the desert. Yeah. You, they didn't even have sunglasses on. They're just like, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And then you see the two of them walking away from what they have clearly done is crash landed. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's like half on fire. But the two men walking if, towards you, one is nice. beautiful, nice. but two really shows how tall Jeff Goldblum is. Shocking. Because Will Smith is a tall man as well. Tall as shit. And he is short, comparatively. Because uh, <laughs> I'm like, he looks really fucking tall. But he's also really lanky. Like, he's yeah. very, and well, it, of that course, does, except it, for his pecs, which are somehow gorgeous. Yeah. Well, so, they're not like that anymore. Yeah, that well, was that now. was that was his low carbs and <laughs> his low carbs for three he's years. Been hanging out with Billy Banks or something or something. You oh know. God! Uh, so uh, Jeff Goldblum is six foot four and like a half. Will Smith is six foot two, and I believe Bill Pullman is like six one. Ooh, so like some tall they're dudes. all tall, but I mean, even uh, even Will Smith looked a little short comparatively. But it was a beautiful scene. And then there's the running and the hugging and the we're your friends again. And then. We did not promise you fireworks because there's now oh, yeah. explosions and probably radioactive pieces of yeah. shrapnel yep. flying things, everywhere. Things re-entering the atmosphere burn out. And then they start showing the pictures from around the world, how mm-hmm. they, the others. The one that makes me laugh and do that Scooby-Doo, like every time, is when you see the Maasai or whatever, the Indian, I mean, not Indian, the mm-hmm. African tribe of, uh, oh yeah, like lion hunters with their spears. And I'm like... What did you use to do this? I would like to know. But the funny thing is, like, they get on the horn around the world to tell everyone how to take out the alien craft. And there's no time, by the way. Which is pretty much, I know, it's like if they're doing coordinated attacks, wouldn't they all be getting attacked at the same time? Not like, we're going to attack the Americans first so they can figure out how to beat us. And then we'll attack you later. You think that there'd be a couple of the little satellite ones, you know, by satellite, I mean, smaller small and, ones, yeah. and not the attached. The one-seaters, yeah. Um, that would still have made it through that. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, there would have been a ton of them. They just, maybe all of their equipment would be They dead, ran out of missiles. So because how much? their Wi-Fi didn't get there. I don't know. But So they send the Morse code around. But then when they get to this, and it's like a field in Africa with this tribe of people who don't even own shoes, and they have sticks... How did they take their spaceship down? I don't know, I don't know that there's a grand the shields were out, fighting so. army of the... Ooh, did they man, shoot it with you, a stick? Could you get a lion up there? <laughs> with What, you get a catapult? No, no. I, I You're going to use a trebuchet, a catapult? You're going to just the, launch the, the a lion up I there? The impression I got was that they could see it and they knew it was the end of the world and it was the major cities that took them down. Uh, I do know that this show was... Uh, there was there's a spot... There's major cities in right Central Africa like that. Egypt, not where those people are. Well, uh, you could still see it from all over the world. That's Do what I'm you saying. Know that how they were large. Africa is no, no. I was. Saying I watched you the could still in the darkness. Come on, you could still see the fireworks if they're in the atmosphere. You it wasn't s- the fireworks; it was the ship burning behind them. Like, yeah, it, it was on its yeah. way. Um, but they, maybe um, it, maybe they took it out in Egypt and it just landed like 
well, three thousand I mean, miles. It would there. take a while to fall. You would think, but they, they did right. say that it was um, censored. There's a spot where uh, Jews and uh, Muslims get along. To um, <laughs> we wouldn't want to show that. The, and it was and it was taken out in. Um, it was taken out of the screen. Um, it was, you know, it was funny. So they censored it, out, you know, outside the country. Also in Lebanon, you, they took out Judd Hirsch's character wearing his little thing. Yamaka. Yeah. Yeah. They can't see your hair. Yeah. That, I'm pointing <laughs> to it. I'm pointing to my hair. My yamaka. So anyways, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. they saved the world and uh, nobody figures out where they're going to buy toilet paper afterwards. So that's all. That's all in the years between the yeah we don't know the good movie and the shit movie i don't know <laughs> like i would i'd be interested now actually to watch the shit movie and see um that's uh, what i hear is it's not terrible but it's just not as good as the original well, and, 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 and it's i have a, a lot of things like this will just taint the original one so i'm not too interested in it stop giggling when i say taint it is an actual word <laughs> i know it is <laughs> all right i think i'm getting a little I punch drunk we're, here, we're yeah. punchy here so I guess that's it because we've gone forever. So uh, anything All right. else? All right. We'll see you guys next time. See ya. Hello, Questers. This is Mandy, the host of Caster Quest, inviting you to enjoy our podcast where we explore the rich and vibrant world of Patrick Rothfuss's best-selling fantasy series, The Kingkiller Chronicle, soon to be adapted as a major motion picture and television show produced by the award-winning creator of Hamilton, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Hungry for more content? Perhaps you will enjoy our recaps of HBO's Game of Thrones, Over the Garden Wall, animated Batman films, or our world-famous erotic fanfiction reads. Whatever you're in the mood for, if you love a good story, humor, impromptu parody songs, and thousands of pop culture references, you'll enjoy our show. You can find Caster Quest on SoundCloud, iTunes, and of course, our amazing network, the Earth Station One Network at ESOPodcast.com. Want a chance to support the show? Want to get some awesome rewards and nerdy bitches swag? Then head over to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash nerdy bitches. From not your basic bitch to rock star bitch, we have a monthly plan to fit any budget. Your support allows us to really up our game and make sure the show stays awesome without bowing to corporate sponsorship. In addition to providing prizes, giveaways, and convention coverage, we will also donate 20% of all net profits each month to other independent podcasts. This allows us to help grow other indie shows that we believe in. So hit us up at patreon.com slash nerdy bitches and support your favorite bitches today. Music provided by www.bensound.com, and please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com. Hello, sailor.